And why'd he make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Gotta smile when I say that shit. Ah! Alright, uh, there we go. We're live. We're live. We're live and ish. Actually, I'm drinking coffee to keep up with your energy. Hey, a little less. Do what you gotta do. In. I understand. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. drinking out of a Red Robin mug, so whatever the hell this is, it'll keep me going. Oh yeah. Thanks oh, for yeah. the water. That H2O. Yeah. <laughs> keep me fresh. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was actually I was thinking because I was I was like running through my head like thinking of some questions. And I don't know if you remember this, but in eighth grade, oh, we're live with Tyler Woodmire. I didn't, I didn't say your name. My bad. Uh, so back in eighth grade, I don't know if you remember this, but you made me a BMX shirt that you like clearly like oh, duct tape, yeah. like, <laughs> duct tape and spray paint. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that like it was yesterday. I used to charge kids eleven dollars, and I just make them T-shirts, just plain white T-shirts, <laughs> spray paint a bunch of uh, random shit with duct tape on it. They, was garbage. It probably depreciated the value of the shirt <laughs> by the time I was done. But I charged eleven dollars, ten for me, one for tax because I thought I was getting taxed. <laughs> so yeah, I did so make that's the what dollar was for. Yeah, I did that. I made like a fucking smiley face. I made like an angry face. They were really lame, but I sold them. I sold a grand total of probably four. So there you go. What yeah. was one of those for? Exactly. So I made forty. I had to get four away for taxes, obviously. Right. right. <laughs> Aka, give it to my pops for the spray paint. Dude, I wore that. All the time. I swear to God, that was I don't one know of my why. Shirts. I'm surprised it didn't like die because the fucking fumes. It was just spray paint on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those shitty t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I was gonna ask you a question. If if you were the opposite sex for a month, how would you spend it? That's a tough one. I'd probably just learn as much about women as I could. I don't know shit. Now, so, I know yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like that's always like even by the time I die, like it's I'm still gonna have that same answer. Like I, I'm not gonna know anything. Yeah, I've I've given up at this point. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how to talk to women, how to do anything like that. I just kind of go up and just pray for the best. It's like shooting a three. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or if, if shooting a three for me because I'm garbage at basketball. I just throw it up and then I walk away and just hope. You hope got your body goes in. Yeah, exactly. Crossing your fingers. Yeah, right exactly. behind you. We'll see what happens, but yeah, if it goes in great. If not, I won't be super shocked. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's what I do, but. God, uh, that's a tough one. I actually haven't thought about that before. I'd, I'd probably do the same. I, I bet a lot of guys would say, like, oh, I'd, go, I'd just go be a whore or something like that. I don't know. Like, me right now, I, I don't want to talk about banging guys as a man right now. Not that that's bad, but it's just I can't imagine myself having sex with a man as a woman. So, you know. Uh, God, that's it. I'd probably try to walk in high heels and a dress just so I could try to understand where they're coming from. You feel me? Be like totally yeah. with the Because if they're from. if like I can't imagine how hard that is. That's gotta be really fucking hard. I can barely walk with shoes on. Yeah. Let really? alone fat ass heels. So as weird as that sounds, that's probably what I do, if I'm being honest with you right now. Oh yeah, I'd be I'd be wobbling. I do an all the side. weird shit, yeah, exactly. I'd walk down the street and see what happens if I get cat call, I try to fight dudes. Like <laughs> it'd just be bad. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, whoa. That reminds me okay. of white chicks. Like Exactly. It'd be white chicks. I would be white chicks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd just be trying shit on, be like, ah, this is what? This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> get a better understanding. Try to understand where they're coming from. Well I guess you would still have the same personality. Oh, that would yeah. then yeah. Then the chances of me talking to men are gone. <laughs> yeah, they think I was a big weirdy weirdo manly ass girl. It would not be good for anybody. So it's like, why do you know so much about lifting? Yeah, it's like, why are you bigger than me? <laughs> Shit, sorry. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> like you have a little five o'clock shadow. <laughs> like oh shit, I didn't shave. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably what I do. Try to understand yeah. women and then probably fail because I still won't understand them.
I was also I was told to uh, bring up clowns. I, yeah, don't. <laughs> or not. Yeah, that's fine. Or not. Yeah, that's that's my biggest fear. Because I was hanging out with Thomas and Travis last night, and I'm like, do you know anything like for Wibs? Like, what what he like like a good topic or any good questions? And then Travis goes, bring up clowns. He hates clowns. Yeah. And I'm like, fair enough. That's my biggest fear. It's weird because everybody in my family is afraid of clowns. Really? So I think it's just like at this do you think point, it's genetic. I don't know. I wouldn't say genetic. I'd say it's just like ingrained in my psyche. Because right. I remember in the fifth grade carnival, I went to Twin Chimneys Elementary. We had a fifth grade carnival for every single year. And finally, it was our turn, the fifth graders, to have it. And yeah. Ronald McDonald was sitting at this desk, a little baby desk, signing autographs. And I just came from a cakewalk. Okay. And I'm you know, walking down with my friend Ryan. And all of a sudden, I see Ronald McDonald signing shit. And I stopped. I was terrified. At that point, I had never seen him before other than just on posters. So he stops signing whatever he's signing and sees me out of the corner of his eye turns and smiles and he's got these brown ass teeth like the grossest grill you could ever imagine and I got so scared I hit him really hard no and then I ran away yeah back to the cakewalk and just ducked under the teacher's desk and just (laughs) cowered for like 10 minutes yeah it was a school event. They got really pissed off. You decked him. No way. I did. Hit him right in the face. So they, they got pissed off like you assume you got caught? They got really mad at me because wow. I punched Ronald McDonald in the face. Because he was there as Ronald McDonald. Like, you know, just he's supposed to be this, oh, this nice, fun clown. <laughs> but they had no idea that he was like my biggest fear. So I hit him in the face, ran, hit underneath the teacher's desks, and basically got caught. Because the lady who ran the cakewalk was like, he's in here. Right, right. Threw me under the bus. Snitched on me. Ooh. Yeah. I was so pissed. But yeah, that's what you, happened. You look at her, just look her right in the eyes, like you're done, you're done. Yeah, I thought we had, I thought we had something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you screwed me. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I'll never forget that. So yeah, clowns are no good for me. That's insane. What grade were you in again? I was in fifth grade. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So you could probably get punched somewhat hard at that age. I mean, enough for it to hurt. Enough for but... yeah, because I hit him like in the teeth. Ooh. Because that was the thing. I saw his brown teeth, and I was like aiming brown for ass it. teeth. Yeah, I'm just <sighs> took off. Yeah. Like coffee stand or like just nasty? Like just I would assume just like, I'm just, here's my guess. He's a clown and probably didn't get paid a whole lot. <laughs> so he might have just been broke and had bad teeth. Dude, so I, I feel bad that. thinking about it now. I like to think that maybe it's just coffee stains. But I had to get more dental work because you punched him in the teeth. Yeah, I might have gotten him the hookup though because he probably sued the school and was like, I got all my teeth knocked out by some little ass kid <laughs> trying to sign these fucking papers. And here I am, the dentist's office with a grand. So here you go. So there he probably go. got he probably got a whole new grill because of me. So you're welcome, Ronald McDonald. Wait, well, do you have the top or the bottom going? Uh, well, I remember the top being bad. Okay, so now he's got the bottom going. There we go. Yeah. Oh, so he's ready to go. Him. He's just got to have someone else's kid punch him so he can finish up. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't do it anymore. So. Well, if you saw him today, you'd probably just be like. If I saw him today, I wouldn't hit him, but I'd be scared. <laughs> I'd still be scared. I hope he's still not doing a uh, Ronald McDonald. I'm, I'm actually surprised they hired a Ronald McDonald that had a grill. It was no, it wasn't a grill. Oh, it wasn't no, a grill. he his teeth were just fucked. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. He didn't have a grill. I said grill, so that was my fault. No, he didn't no, have a grill. Cool, his cool. grill, like his teeth, they were okay, fucked. Okay. They were not good. Mm. So, sorry, Ronald McDonald, for punching you in the face. <laughs> Apology accepted. Apology accepted. I can only hope. What do you, but do you think care. the world would be a better or worse place if everyone was the same ethnicity? It'd probably be the same. I mean, people would find ways to bag on someone regardless. So you think you think uh, people are always going to find something wrong with yeah. like the world around us? Hundred percent. Because people need controversy. As long as there's two people on this earth, right. there's going to be controversy. It doesn't yeah. matter whether we're all the same race, whether we're all the same gender. It doesn't matter. People are going to find something to dog on someone for. 
whether it's their height, their weight, where they're from, like it doesn't matter. The things that matter now would still matter. You just take race out of it because you wouldn't know any better. You don't make fun of someone for being like human because we're all human. So like think about might, it like that. We might turn to something else. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to make fun of your race, but you know, now I'm going to really focus on your big ass ears if someone has big ass ears. Right, you know what I mean? right. This is it would be not a whole lot different. Just race wouldn't be a factor, so you wouldn't even really think about race as something to yeah, make fun of. Yeah, exactly. Everybody looks similar. Yeah, you don't think about someone being human to make fun of them for that. So if everyone was the same race, you wouldn't really think about it like that. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, a really good example of this is uh, that that guy that you, were, you brought up earlier that. Uh, from Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. the guest I had on, he he said that uh, pretty much everybody over there is like the exact same, or yeah, yeah, same ethnicity. Like mm-hmm. the the largest population is like Asians, and it's like less than one percent of the Northern Ireland population. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh shit, this mic's falling off. Uh, Getting too hyped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently, like what they find to disagree on is religion. At that mm-hmm. point, it's like Protestants versus Catholics. Instead of here, since like what divides us the most is race mm-hmm. in this country. Well, think about like the Roman Empire, like the Catholics and the Christians. You throw the Christians into the uh, into the pit, into the Colosseum, get eaten by lions. Right. They're right. all they're all white. So it's just a matter of it's not a matter of race at that point. Now it's a matter of what can I find to disagree with. You know what I mean? Fuck. I don't agree with your religion, so. There, so there we go. So we're going to argue about religion. I don't agree with your political views. We're going to argue about that. So it's just a matter of finding something and just dogging it. Do you think that will change over time? Are you optimistic that it will change in the future? Or? I mean, I hope. That would be great. I think we're getting there. I think there's become a lot more awareness with the internet. Like People are just kind of culturally accepting. Like, Well, you can wrong. see it. You're like, exposed to, to it. It's to be racist. Like, yeah. it's just, well, that's, that's facts. facts. Like, you know, the, the idea of being racist is nonsense. Like, the idea that someone's better than someone else is because they're a different color is trash. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the whole exposure of social media makes it – you have to face it. Like, there are people who are racist, but they get exposed in social media. So the stigma of being racist is a lot more severe now than what it was, like, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Like, if you're a racist and you get caught on camera saying dumb racist shit – then that's you. Like, you just got crucified. That's everybody. way more of a Exactly. Backlash. So people who are racist are going to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, they're going to keep that shit right to themselves. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll go hardcore and be like, listen up, I don't care if you don't like me or not, I'm going to use this social media platform to get on. Because, like, the Westboro Baptist Church people, uh-huh. the ones who, like, protest military funerals, uh-huh. they're, Ridiculous. On, they're on social media. They're on, they have a Twitter. And it's crazy. When Michael Sam got drafted by the Rams, they went off. Is he, is they he went the first crazy. NFL player who came out like openly gay? Mm-hmm. First okay. openly gay NFL draftee. Yep. That wow. was Michael Sam. I'm and pretty sure. They yeah. started bashing him, really. They were bashing the hell out of him. The minute he came out, they were they were on his ass. You're right. Like, like the, the next thing they would turn to is maybe gay people or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's just, what can I find? You yeah. Know what I mean? why, why can I hate you? I, that's just so ridiculous to think. I don't know. But I guess, I, I guess like... It's, well, it's, it's all first. about culture. It's what you grow up with. True. Yeah, if you grow up racist, you don't know any better. You don't think it's inherently bad. You just think it's a part of your culture. So you think racism is just kind of like cultural conditioning? I think cultural conditioning has a huge factor for racism. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, no one is born prejudiced. You get prejudiced by what you're taught or the things that happen to you. Right. So if you grew up in an inner city and got the shit kicked out of you by a bunch of black kids like every single day, you would grow to dislike black people just because of that bad image. True. You know what I mean? But same thing with white people. If you got the shit kicked out of you by a bunch of white people, you probably wouldn't want to hang around them either. You know what I mean? It's not a stigma of race. It's a stigma of what you grow around. So put yourself around good people. You're a good person. If you put yourself around shit company, 
you're going to be kind of a shitty person. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I totally believe, like, I, I think it's one of the most overlooked things of, like, just being a person is uh, surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm. And, like, like there's, a, there's a Jim Rohn quote. It's like, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And mm. that's so fucking true. Like, think about all the phases, all the stages you've been through in life and how much you've you've changed how malleable your personality really is and like well people change all the time just based on where they go you think about people who go to college and change because they open themselves up to new experiences and new people so you find a group that you latch on to and you you latch on to that like you stay with it like people who go to college and become hippies or philosophical or they become hardcore gym rats that's who they associate themselves with whether or not that's good is different but it's who they are now you know what I mean totally so yeah you are who you surround yourself with so if you want to be, if someone's racist, it's probably because they either surrounded themselves with racist assholes or they had just terrible experiences with some of the opposite race, which True. probably isn't the factor. In most cases, that's probably not the case. True. They probably just grew up and not with that, racist not that racism is ever justified, but that makes a lot more sense. If they were treated poorly by a certain race. Yeah. That, it's not justification, it it's reasoning. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the reason exactly. they're racist. It's not okay that they're racist, but that's why they're racist. And exactly. that's the root of the problem. And now we can try to fix it. Versus somebody who grew up in Alabama, small town, I don't know, whatever small, Moberly, Alabama, I don't know yeah. if that's a small town, but uh, all, all they know is racist people. Exactly. That you're right, that's total just conditioning, yeah. total conditioning. And at that point, you don't change the older generations of being racist because you can't, they're so set in their ways, which is, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because it should be, you should be, they should be able to change, but they won't. Right. So you want to go to the younger kids in Mobile, Alabama and be like, listen up, you know, you need to understand that you are not inherently better than anybody else just because of this. If this doesn't matter. Right, like, who right. Cares? Yeah. You just got to be good to the people around you. That's the cool thing about the internet because we're going to get way more. Those people that never had the option to get exposed to new ideas, new, I guess, just ways to live. Like, they're finally going to get exposed mm. through the internet so, so they can kind of change their ways to just what is around in their yeah. external condition. The internet's all about extremes. Either it's extremely good or it's extremely bad. So you really just kind of find where you are. Like, the internet kind of glorifies bad things that happen. You know, like school shootings. Totally, like, yeah. unf- like the horrible events that happen, like school shootings. They just broadcast that all the time. And I don't think that's a good idea. Because then yeah. those weird people in their mind say, I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame whether or not I shoot up to school or not. Which, maybe it's deeper than that. I don't know. That's just kind of like what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, even when uh, a couple, I think it was the last school shooting where they didn't show like the candlelit vigil and they didn't want the media coming in and basically glorifying this psychopath for killing all these uh, like middle school kids. Right. I don't remember which one it was, but I'm on their side 100%. I don't think it totally. should be glorified because then those weird people are going to be like, oh, my name's going to go down in history. True. For the True. wrong reason, but they're going to remember me. So. Yeah, then the, the internet's the extremes on both ends. Immortal in that way. I remember, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's how, I mean, it's the internet. It's not a living thing. People are going to make it what they want to make it. You can make it good or you can make it bad. So, true, true. Or you, can, or you can just have the internet just to have it. Like, people sometimes just go on the internet just because it's there. YouTube videos of fucking cats. That's not really too much of anything. It's just internet videos of cats. It's entertainment. But at some point, you can make it at an extreme. So Right. It is what you make. It. It exactly. Make it. Exactly. What am I? When I, what I think about the internet, I think it's either, and it, obviously there's a balance to this, but I think it's either the greatest distraction or the greatest resource you can ever have. At least that of our generation. 
That's fact. <laughs> That's fact. Sometimes it can be both at the exact same time. True, true. <laughs> you're learning about things, new things, but you're not supposed to be learning about those new things. You know, if I'm writing a paper and I get distracted by some article I saw on the internet, I'm learning something new, but I'm also distracted from writing that paper. True, true. <laughs> so it can be both at the same time. But that happens to the best of us. Exactly. All yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not alone. Yeah, it happens to everybody. We're not alone. What what activity in life makes you feel most alive? I guess just what 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 are you the most passionate about in life? Football. Football. Football, hundred percent. But activity wise, I don't play football anymore. So yeah, when, when did your eligibility run up? Was this your I, last season? I retired. I quit. Yeah. I stopped playing football because my mom got sick. So I wanted to be able to come back and forth to St. Louis because Carbondale is two hours away. Right. So I wanted to be able to come back and forth. Dude, respect, mm -hmm. respect. Yeah. When when did this happen? Uh, this happened about a year and a half ago. It happened last winter conditioning. So, okay, okay. yeah. So maybe a year ago then, actually. Have you, you kind of directed all your energy of, like, football into lifting more, or? I directed my energy into program writing and research. Basically, it's because I know how to lift. Right. But I want to be able to teach others how to lift. And I want to be able to tell someone what they can eat, you know, what's okay to lift, what's not okay to lift during certain situations, things like that. I'm trying to learn about that as much as I can. Right, So right. I'm just trying to get the nuts and bolts behind it more than just me lifting. Totally. And you're a great candidate for that. I mean, I, I remember uh, back in high school, I'll speak for you here, but you were, from what I remember, I, I don't know, I can't remember everybody from high school, but you were the pound for pound strongest kid I can remember. I like to think I was. You were, yeah. yeah, you could lift a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, this, this is not, this is not even like just my opinion. This is me talking to you and seeing you lift, mm -hmm. also hearing everybody else. And you were, that was kind of the collective opinion. That was my thing. And it helped that I had a, Dylan Sullivan was my lifting partner. Right. So shout out to Dylan Sullivan for sure, who was probably the strongest, period. So him and I would push each other a lot. So, respect, yeah. respect. So you definitely got to find yourself a good lifting partner. But Dylan was mine. But yeah, I wouldn't have been able to lift as much as I did if I didn't have someone there to push me like that. Just like we were saying earlier, surround yourself with strong people exactly. if you want to get stronger. He was a strong-ass dude, so I surrounded myself with yeah the right person for that. So yeah, but it definitely is something that I pretty big passion for. I'm pretty involved in that. So I've spent most of my time trying to figure out how to further myself in that field. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Do you consider passion like important for your life? Yeah, 100%. You like to yeah. implement it to like most of what you do? Well, it's necessary. If you don't have it, then you're just going to be lackluster at whatever you do. True. Like, if you're not passionate about something, you're just going to do it to the bare minimum and you're going to get bare minimum results. So find something you're passionate about. Even if it doesn't pay great, who cares? If you're really good at something, you'll get paid eventually. True, yeah. true. The best people at some of the most nonsense things in the world get paid a lot. People who can eat a lot <laughs> get paid a lot. Like, so there you go. But oh, there's, a, there's a guy who won all the hot dog contests like year after year. Like that Joey Chestnut dude. That's his name. Yeah, That's yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> he gets paid. Like, but he eats fake. a lot. Yeah, he eats a lot. It's like the top 1% gets 90% right. of the wealth. It's that whole idea. True, true. But you got to be that top 1%. Top 10 athletes year. in every sport, but the, the vibe from the top 10 to the next, like, whatever, top 100. Yeah, you go from, very different. You go from like, $50 million contracts to $200,000 contracts. Totally. Yeah, totally. one-year contracts. Especially some leagues. I mean, that, that varies with sports support. But, um, yeah, I, the, I'm not surprised by that answer knowing you because uh, you've always been so energetic and whatnot. Like, you you need that energy to be put into whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same exact way. I can yeah. agree more. Well, people feed off of it, you know? Like, if you were here stagnant, being boring as hell on this podcast, and I wouldn't be able to talk about it because it'd just be lame. Right, right. But you're energetic about it. You like it. You're passionate about it. So I can feel that. So I'm comfortable talking about my passions, too, because, you know, 
I see True. someone who has a passion, so it's easier to talk about it. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, definitely worth. Just like-minded people, like like-minded. You feed off each other. You feed off like who's in the room. You know what I mean? Totally. If there's a bunch of quiet people in the room, you're gonna be more, you know, kind of introverted. You're not gonna say a whole lot. But if it's a room full of people who there's no judgment, you can say you know whatever you want, throw out ideas, then more ideas get thrown out. It's all about that open absolutely. communication idea. I mean, I, I'm sure you've been there before, like especially whenever you're trying to like create with people you're kind of like trying to form like a mastermind mm. and you're just throwing out ideas and then there's that one or especially if they're like multiple multiple of them or if they make up the majority of the group and they're just shooting down every idea you have like there is nothing more frustrating like i started a business with some buddies like a t-shirt company mm. and uh, i'm not gonna get too into the details but he brought two guys on board and they just started shooting everything i would bring up down and like i'm like this isn't like a yeah this isn't productive you know mm. Well, if you're just going to shoot down ideas, you better have counter ideas. You can't just shoot down ideas and contribute nothing to the conversation. Exactly. Then you're just being a pessimistic asshole. Exactly. Like you need to contribute. Pull your weight. Like, don't just be here shooting down my ideas when you don't have shit to say. Exactly. If that's the case, you can leave. But, yeah, you need someone who is there. And if someone's going to shoot down your ideas, that's okay as long as you have something to contribute. Like, oh, that idea is not great. Here's what could make it better. Right, so, right. There you go. Yeah, you need exactly. Here's, here's a small adjustment, a small improvement. Like the, You have a good starting point, but here we can go from yeah, there. Yeah, don't just shoot down my ideas just because. You know, Give me something to work with here. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you, 100%. What? Oh, I already asked that one. Uh, would you rather forget who you are or forget who everyone else is? I'd rather forget who everyone else is. I, I as as shitty as that sounds, yeah, but that's like the most important thing is it's always been instilled in us is like your name and your family. So there you go. True. If I know who I am and I know who my family is, that's fine. I can make new friends. Totally. Or, totally. or if they're at my actual friend, then I'll know them again eventually. So if that's the case, then so be it. But I, I never would want to forget who my family was ever. So yeah, yeah. 100%. We talked about this on the last podcast too, but I, I couldn't agree more. That's, uh, that's, cause, yeah, yeah, because. I think your real friends would come back around too, yeah. and they would be constantly reminding you of like things you have done together and all exactly. that. It'd be hard to like develop trust with them, and you probably you probably develop new relationships with the same people. Mm. Like, in theory, like you would. Well, it's, right? Yeah, it's like what we talk about. People change, so True. your relationship would change accordingly. True. You would no True. longer have those leech-like relationships where people are just on you sapping your energy away. If you didn't know those people anymore and had a history with them, you would have no problem just being like. I don't need to be around you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess on that topic, loyalty is kind of blinding in some respects. Like, like if you've been friends with somebody for a long time and they, they're kind of like energy depleting people, just draining mm. on you, then yeah, like a leech, like you said, then mm. those long-term friendships would kind of weed themselves out. Long-term friendships are great if they're with the right person for sure. But if sure. you're with the wrong person, like you have a good friendship with someone who starts out cool. But then all of a sudden becomes pessimistic or disloyal and things like that. But you don't want to break it off because you've known them for so long and you feel bad. Uh, that's when it becomes bad. Totally. Yeah. Because totally. then, then you're just so worried about, you know, what am I doing wrong with this relationship? How can we fix this? Why is him or her being such a prick? You know, it saps your energy away. And all of a sudden the things you started, you know, to do together, things that you like to do, go by the wayside. Because you're just trying to fix this half-assed relationship. True, true. So, so if you started from scratch, you had no problem saying... I don't need this person in my life. I don't need him or her in I'm my done, life. Though. Yeah, I'm this done. is crazy. Yeah, you're contributing nothing to this. This is yeah, you're just sapping my energy. I guess I guess if you were to come back and just forget who everyone was except for yourself, then you would come back and you, there's a good chance like a, like if, if this were to happen to a lot of people, there might be a lot of divorces, a lot of 
You know, just like like couples yeah. that fell in the negative rut, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, there would be like like you'd come back and you'd be the same person, but like you'd forget who that person is. So there'd mm-hmm. be like the fun, like refreshing part of getting to know that person. Yeah. Or even think about people that you didn't like because of. Uh, superficial reasons you know what I mean you didn't like that person because of something they said like five years ago that was just a passing comment but you just hung on to it you know what I mean true I know a lot of really vindictive people who are like that and you come back you don't know who they are and next thing you know you guys are friends because you don't have that memory in the back of your head dude that would it would be freeing in a lot of ways it really you would have new friends old friends that actually matter so it's just kind of like you know but your family's always there so true, true. Yeah. and that's the main thing you need your family there it's your backbone Support. It would suck forgetting who they are, but like, like you said, like over time you, you just kind of yeah. rekindled them. It'd come back. Yeah, things that are necessary will be necessary. They'll be there. So I wouldn't worry. It'd much be kind of fun, like learning about, I guess, your life, like your your life experiences with these people again. Mm-hmm. Would you? I guess in theory, you'd forget them as well. Or? Yeah, because it's at that point, it's not nostalgia. It's new. Yeah, and yeah. nothing's better than making straight up new memories. Like it's fun to talk about old memories, but making new memories is what it's about. So to you, it'd be a new memory. True. Yeah. True. So you get the best of both worlds. The person who's telling you gets the nostalgia, and then you get the new memory. So it's all fun. It's all there. You go. There you go. It's all a win. Well, on that, on what we were saying earlier, why do you think? Well, actually, who do you think? Which gender do you think has a better time or an easier time of letting go of the past? I think both. Really, I don't. Really? I wouldn't say one gender has a harder or easier time letting go of the past. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because. There's a facade put on men to go ahead and just, you know, get over things real quick. You know, something happens. You break up with a woman, man. She's crazy. I don't have to deal with that. I'm fine. But when you're alone, you're not fine. Like, you are devastated. True, true. That's that's facts. I went through, when I broke up my high school girlfriend, I had all my friends around me. I didn't know them that well because it happened when I was a freshman in college. And I couldn't really, like, you know, be real with them. And I'd tell them, like, ah, you know, we broke up. I figured this would happen. It's a high school relationship. But it was it hurt like for real it sucks totally. yeah like whenever you're alone kind of yeah you know it sucks so some people either have that ability to go ahead and cope with things faster and better than others and some people don't I would say like per person I would say women probably are better at getting over it quicker okay I think men have a tendency to kind of cling to things you know what I mean really, really? yeah I would say that it's not a hard cling it's just kind of like in the back of your mind it kind of pops up. True, true. And with women, I think they feel the pain more in the beginning, and then they eventually kind of like you know let it yeah. go. Versus, yeah, it's more yeah. gradual. With men, it might not be as intense, but it's more elongated. I, I do that actually. That changes my perspective on things mm-hmm. a little bit. I I would I would say I'd still disagree. I think women have a, mm-hmm. a more difficult time letting go of the past. I think they mm-hmm. cling on to. I think they hold grudges. My mom does. That's for really? sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's fact. I think they. I think women typically will will hold on to maybe maybe that's what I was talking more grudges, but that's totally true with like a mm. relationship. I mean, it's been scientifically proven that men have a more difficult time coping with a breakup than women do mm. for whatever reason. But yeah. that's so true. Like you can you can kind of tell with most guys it just kind of eats eats them yeah. up inside. It's just little things too. You don't really notice it. You know, whenever they're kind of you know walking around, maybe they're slumped shoulder, they're kind of dazed off. You know, it's just little things like that kind of you pick up on. Right, right. And it sucks because they can't really talk to you because they don't want to because they'll feel kind of like a bitch, which is unfortunate because if one of my buddies went through a bad breakup and he tried to act all tough, I would just think like, this: who are you fooling? Like, you're not fooling anything. He's, he's just pushing back. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be his, like, I'm, if he doesn't want me to be his like shoulder crying, that's fine. Like, I understand you got your, your 
dignity to deal with. Right. But at some point, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to be like, man, it sucks. I'm sad. You know, that's fine. Sometimes that's enough right there. Just telling someone this blows. I'm sad. You know, it's tougher to get over than I thought. But you get over it, and right. that's the main thing. You get over it. So, but yeah. Well, also guys, guys have a more difficult time like letting out that vulnerability to other guys. Hundred percent. That's why I, I always respect like whenever somebody. Uh, I'm not gonna get into names, but recently somebody like just just out of the blue too, like like no vulner, like all vulnerability on the line. They threw out that their parents had gotten divorced, or their parent, their one of their parents had cheated on the other parent, mm. and it, like just out of out of nowhere. Right? Like sometimes people um, like you you gotta think about it like empathetically from their point of view and be like, well, what what would I want to hear if I was in their point of view? Like if I if that had happened to me, like you don't you don't want to throw any judgment whatsoever at them. Like you just. You want to empathize with them and be like, "Yo, that's that's really sad that happened. I'm sorry to hear that happening." Mm. At some yeah, because at that point in time, it's important for the other person to kind of initiate that conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if they're hurt and they're kind of you know vulnerable and things like that, if someone else comes along and says, "Oh man, I don't know how I don't know how I deal with that. That would that'd be devastating." And then they feel like, "Oh, okay, then I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who feels this way. So I can open up to this person." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you come straight to you, to him or her, whoever's parents got divorced, and was like, "Oh man, that's devastating. I wouldn't know how to cope with that. That's really sad. I'm so sorry." Then they might feel like, "Okay, you know, Jordan gets it. Jordan understands. I can talk to him. I'll open up." And that'll make them feel yeah. that much better. Yeah, it's it's there's some power to like letting yourself out there, mm. like being the first one to. I mean, it's easy because you don't have to put on like a fake ass facade you know what i mean because it's all you it's just straight up emotion so you're giving you're putting your emotions on the line this is how i'm feeling help me cope with it right yeah and it's good to have someone that you can do that to well, you know, well not not dump your problems on but have someone to kind of you know this is why i'm sad you know i'm thanks for being there to help me out you don't have to worry about it but Sometimes just talking helps. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Just talking through the problem. Exactly. As someone living with anxiety on a daily basis, just saying a problem sometimes make it, makes it like 50% easier to deal with. True. So do you think, do you think that's really simple to do? To let, let out um, whatever, lay that problem out on the line like to a group of people? No. I would not say that. I okay, think it's okay. really, really hard. I, I think mean, it's I really shitty. And it's one of those things where you have no idea how someone's going to react. I think in your head, they're going to react horribly. In your head, it's always like the worst case scenario. Totally. But it's hardly ever that. It For the most sense. part, people understand that people kind of have issues in their life that they have some point felt vulnerable or angry or betrayed. You know what I mean? So they can understand it from a certain perspective. Not mm -hmm. the exact same perspective, obviously, but they can kind of understand. They can kind of empathize. So Especially at this age, because we're kind of... Uh... 22 years... You're 22, right? I am. Yeah, so it's kind of a... Well, even at 21, like... It, it's it's a weird age to where most people have been in a relationship and most people have had like a uh, bad breakup, so they're they don't want to be vulnerable in any mm. situation. Everybody's kind of got their guard up in a weird way. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's been at that point, and everybody understands how shitty it is, but it's still hard to talk about. Yeah, like yeah. especially for men, it's just like you know, even though all of my friends have been in a relationship and then broken up and have felt what I felt. I still don't want to open up to him. I still don't want to talk to him about it. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep that shit to myself. Why do you think that's so difficult? I couldn't tell you, honestly. I have no idea. I thought about it a lot. When I went through my breakup, I thought about that. I'm like, man, why don't I feel comfortable just telling my people what's wrong? But I, for the life of me, couldn't figure it out. It's like you're so comfortable talking about them, like, 
Like the, the 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 method you go about with like wiping your own ass, but you won't talk about your emotions with them. Like yeah, I can talk to I can talk to my friends about anything, <laughs> but if it's like real, that's tough. If it's like real family shit or real relationship stuff, that's tough. Right, and, right. And I, I couldn't tell you why. Do you do you think it's fear based? Ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's a fear thing so much as it is. Just them getting in their own head. You know what I mean? They they think that the worst thing is going to happen. They're going to open up to this person, and that person's just going to stab them in the back. So yeah, I think actually it might be a fear thing. Okay. They're worried about being just straight up betrayed, or may or being felt as inferior. Them feeling inferior because they have these True. emotions, and maybe someone else doesn't. You know what I mean? But, but it, yeah, people with no emotions, those are called psychopaths. <laughs> so if you feel nothing after a long breakup, you just might be a psychopath. So you're going to feel something. You're going to feel angry. You're going to feel sad. You're going to be happy if it's a, like a really shitty relationship. But if you feel nothing, then they have a word for that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's called psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But yeah, it's probably fear-based though, for sure. Yeah, because I, I guess... It, I guess whenever you are going to like let yourself out there, like it's gonna be, it's kind of a leap of faith. Yeah, basically, because you're letting yourself out there. That's you. That's all you, you know. And you can't take it back once it's out there. And then, yeah, and then you don't know what's gonna come out of their mouth, and you're, you're like you said, it's fearing the unknown. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, you might run into that asshole who just mocks you for it, or you might run into that, you know, the person who's actually there to help you. So True. you never know True. who you're gonna run into. People are assholes. People are cool. You don't know who you're gonna get. You're just you're rolling the dice. Totally, yeah. totally. Throw it out there and see what happens. Hopefully, hope for the best. I gotta, I gotta say, this is a weird compliment, but you're very good at eye contact. Like, it, it just because I've had like forty, you're like the forty second guest or something like. that. Oh yeah, damn, yeah. Look at you. big rolling. Yeah, yeah. Gracious. I didn't know you had that many people. Yeah. All right, good for you. Something because this episode over forty three in the first ten, I didn't have anybody except my grandpa on, but I saw the one with your grandpa. Actually, did you really? Yeah, did. I did see that one. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool as shit. That was funny. Yeah. yeah I, I, I love the idea. Like I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with the idea how like we're the first generation to walk around everywhere we go with a camera in our pockets. Yeah. I think that's so dope. That's I dope. Think it's yeah. awesome. And uh, like, like think about when you. Uh, Let's say you're, uh, I don't know, your great grandparents. What do you think of? Like, what what comes to mind right now? Uh, country grandma and country grandpa. I think of them putting in all the work for all the food on the table. Just good people, good hardworking people. That's what I think of. Do you, or do you, I think of one specific thing, which is we had bread. She put it in the toaster oven. She put butter on it, and she put homemade jelly on it. Give it to me. We go out in the swing. Little wooden. So you had an opportunity to meet her. Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. Yeah. She passed away when I was mm, ballparking, 12, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember when she passed away. My great-grandpa passed away when he was 98, and he passed away- How old were you? A year or two ago, I want to say. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. He was going strong for the until the last, like, eight months. Right. Yeah. He was still doing his little exercises. He would walk a mile in his garage. Like, he was killing it. Good for him, And he just dude. unfortunately kind of- He had a fall, and then he had a little run-in with dementia- but it's crazy how quick that happens. No, it's setting fast. And it was it was sad to watch because my grandpa, his son, had to go through it. He was the one who took him to to a home, took him to the hospital, had to deal with that. So I couldn't imagine what it's like to see your pops like that for the last six months of living. That'd be pretty tough. That'd be difficult. Yeah, actually I I just uh I think it was about a week ago today I lost my great grandma. I didn't know her very well, so yeah. like, emotionally it wasn't very difficult. Yeah. She it's did. shitty to lose family, but I understand where you're coming from. Where True. it's like, I wish True. I, yeah, I wish I knew her better, but you know. She did meet up. She met Thomas Edison and Henry Ford. They met, no visited, shit. Yeah, they visited her when she was in like high school. I want to say. 
You saw Babe Ruth play baseball? That's badass. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. Like yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, there you go. That's like, a pretty badass great grandma right there. <laughs> it's pretty. That's dope. awesome. But uh, anyway, so so the camera, like we're the first generation to like grow up with a camera. And mm-hmm. personally, when I think back on my like great grandparents, great great grandparents, I just I think of very finite amount of pictures, very mm-hmm. limited amount of pictures that I've seen. Maybe maybe my mom casually bringing up, hey, this was your great great grandma. Look at this picture of her, and then she's standing there looking hungry. Yeah, they don't have an Instagram, so you, yeah. Can't, yeah, you can't see what they were doing. But like yeah. us, dude, they're going to know everything. They're going to know so much, especially me. Like with the the mm-hmm. podcast, they're gonna know so much of what my personality was like at this age, at this age, at this age. Yeah, and that's somewhat terrifying. Yeah, because like, if you just mess up. Or, and your mistakes are out there forever, and then your kids are going to see it, and then your you know, <laughs> grandkids are going to see it, and it's just it's out there. There's nothing you can do about it. True. So that's why it's important to keep your media presence like, positive. True. Which True. is what you're doing. These podcasts are good. So I'm just saying, like, the idea of having a camera in your pocket 24-7 is cool, but it's got lasting effects. Totally. 100%. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be taken with caution. Yeah. Take the funny thing caution. is, is that my little brother can watch me play football whenever he wants. I don't play football anymore, but he can watch my highlights on fucking YouTube or whatever. Or all, yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that my kids, if they want to know how to like how good I was at football, they could watch my highlights. Like that's the weird thing to me. I can't watch my dad play soccer. In endless generations until the human race. Yeah. Until they just re- until they stop giving a shit about me and like I don't yeah, care about true. Tyler who played football at SI. I don't give a shit about that at all. <laughs> until that happens, they can watch if they want. Yeah. Which is cool. That is really cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Do you, do you? Is it, with with my grandpa being in all these podcasts, like the the main motive of doing that is to kind of I feel an obligation to preserve a legacy since we have this opportunity of having these uh, cameras and whatnot, the technology to record and document like our I guess the existence of our grandparents. Mm-hmm. And well, that's important. Keeping your family legacy is one hundred percent important. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to. You know, the name has to live on. That's what it is. Regardless who the person is, the name. The name is there. True, true. Yeah. Spread, spread that seed, baby. Exactly. <laughs> all the women, all the in America are related. Really? I swear to God. Yeah. It's my, a pretty unique yeah. last name. Yeah, it's very unique. My little brother played with a Wibbenmeyer actually, who turned out to be my cousin somehow. Really? Yeah. And it was funny because he was like me when he was a little kid. He was just a rambunctious, rowdy ass, little pain in the ass. <laughs> so he was a good kid. He was a he was faster than me, which sucked because I'm like, why did I get that speed? That's bullshit. But he was he was a funny kid. But he, Wibbenmeyer, my cousin somehow. That's cool. All related. So if any Wibbenmeyers are out there, Grandma Wib, Christmas brunch, <laughs> come on through. There you we go. We got room. There you go. Oh, I've seen your Instagram, your uh, family pictures. You got. It seems like you got a really long table. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. In a really cool like family dynamic. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate because uh, not not saying mine's not interesting or anything, but like I'm the oldest on my. I, I pretty much have one side of family, mm. and. Uh, they, they're the, like, I'm the oldest on that side, so I think it's cool that you have, like, the older siblings to, like, kind of look yeah. up to and all that. Two older brothers, one younger brother, and my parents are both divorced and they're both remarried. So, okay. I've got, so really, I've got, like, four families. Three. That's cool. Sharon, my stepmother, isn't especially close to some of her family, uh-huh. so maybe three, but, you know, Uncle Johnny, Aunt Rose, like, all on her side, like, I, all of her family is super cool, or That's most of her family is super cool is what I should say, the ones that I know. So okay, okay. that's like it. All of that isn't my blood family, but it's just family. So, so you you maybe not prefer, but you you like that. Uh, I love it. Like that approach, like like having like you said four different or two. I've got four. Well, they're both remarried, so four families total. I've got okay, the Lasseter okay. family, the Kazmarek family, 
Casimir because my mother, Lasser, is my stepfather. Okay. The Wibbenmeyer family, my father, and then the Kelowna family, my stepmother. Dude, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Some good people on all sides. That's what's up. That's mm-hmm. what's up. You get all these different perspectives on... Mm-hmm. And they're all... Like, the whole idea of bringing the whole family together and having these big dinners, I love it. Wait, you all, you all like, all four together? Oh, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Okay, okay. Two at a time. Okay. <laughs> My mom and dad don't get along, so... Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. So, for two at a time. Yeah, we're not bringing all four together. That wouldn't be good for anybody. <laughs> It'd be a battle. <laughs> That's still pretty cool. It's, so it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love having family over. The big event where you cook, get ready, put the table setting out... And then you clean up. The whole family stays after. And, you know, we're just having drinks, talking, shooting the shit. And cleaning up is even kind of like a little event, you know? True, We true. clean up the big old table. We'll start drinking. We'll watch TV. We'll just shoot the shit. Like, it's a lot of fun. So That's what's up. The whole big family dynamic is pretty fun. Did you, uh, when did you get, like, so family-oriented? Have you always been that way? You, I mean, I grew up in it. Right, uh, right. My grandma, Grandma Wib, she well, was... Would you say one. you've gotten more... Wait, I cut you off, man. Like... No, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, would you would you say you've gotten more like family based like over time or yeah for sure because I feel like once you once you kind of go to college I think a big part of like maturing and going off to college and living on your own and whatnot like I think a big part of maturing in that aspect is kind of being able to appreciate your family a lot more you learn how close you are to your family once you leave for college and you learn how important it is true for me it was always instilled that family is number one that's it like family so you got to make sure. You got yours, and you're there for everybody who was there for you. So family's always been important for us. But when I went off to college, I didn't feel homesick or anything like that, which is weird because I thought I would. But we were so tightly knit, it didn't matter where I would go. I would still feel the best. So I didn't feel homesick because I missed my family. I knew my family was right there. So, you know, and I'm two hours away, so it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, my family and I were so close that I could be anywhere. I could be in California. It wouldn't matter. I'll see them eventually, and I know that they have my back, so... That's cool. But yeah, I definitely got more family oriented the older I got, just because you get more involved in your family. You understand more of the family's issues, more of their dynamic. You understand where they're coming from. So, and then it becomes more important to get them together. True. True. Yeah. Because if they might be going through some shit that you don't know about, so if you get them together, you get a couple of drinks in them, you let them talk, they feel better. Totally. Totally. Yeah, they get that to be out. There. It's yeah. Out exactly. There. It's both ways too, because you're gonna do the same with them. You're gonna talk to them, so it's only right that you do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Big family. There you go. There you go. So you said you're, you're, the thing that makes you feel most alive in life is football. What, what would you say football? Like, what have you learned from football? What have I learned? From, uh, humble. Being humble. Really? Yeah. Humility is like the top of the charts. That's the first For thing. me, yeah. It was. When I first got there as a freshman, I was feeling hot shit. <laughs> and uh, I got exposed pretty quickly. So it definitely teaches you to, you know, to work hard, keep your head low, understand who you are. And just look at yourself subjectively, you know what I mean? Right, right. Under, don't be afraid to look at yourself and be like, okay, I'm bad at this. I need to work on this. This is what I'm good at. Like, it's not cocky to say, these are, what, these are my strengths. Right, right. And it's not degrading to say, these are my weaknesses. It's just looking at yourself subjectively. And that was probably the biggest thing I took away from that, was being able to look at myself and kind of analyze, this is what I'm good at. This is what I need to work on. So Totally, totally. Yeah. That's I like that I like that because mm-hmm. I, I would say because uh, I started jujitsu this past summer mm-hmm. and I would say that was the one thing. Nathan, put you onto that? No, no, actually, uh, well, I, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I got really into this guy named Joe Rogan. And oh yeah, I it, love it, Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, he's the dude. He's the fucking he's man. He's the man. Yeah. And he uh, he would talk about it a lot. And he kind of I think he like almost subliminally like suggested it 
Mm. And uh, and then it, so then that that kind of got me thinking about it. Like it, I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then mm. I listened to a few more podcasts and found that a lot more people that like like all these very successful people were doing jujitsu for whatever mm. reason. Super good for you. Yeah. Totally, mm. totally. Very mind and body, honestly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, it, no joke. Did one day I was uh, so the, the way I, like my mind is wired. That I've like especially recently learned mm. a lot more of is. Uh, I have to be like doing something. I have to be setting a goal. I have to be working on something. Like it, something, I need to be passionately pursuing something in life, whatever that may be. So I was like, I was kind of, I was, I, I'd been home for a few days from college, and I'm driving home from the gym, and I'm listening to this podcast. Mm. And as I make this right turn, I, I'll never forget it was that Planet Finish right up there. Uh, oh, the one on the strip. Yeah, by the Burger King. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm. And right as I'm making that right turn, I'm hearing this guy talk about. Uh, uh, talking about in this podcast about jujitsu, and I was like, you know what? I've been kind of bored with life these past few days. Even though, even though it had only been a few days, but I'm like, I need to figure something out more than just working this summer. Like, mm. I need to do something more than just that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be happy, and I want to be happy. So, mm. in that moment, as I'm making this right turn, baby, I'm like, I'm doing fucking jujitsu, man. <laughs> That's what I just yeah. carried on. It, like you said, I just there's something I just love and. It's probably because football, like, like soccer wasn't as humbling for me. Because mm-hmm. even, even as a freshman, not to be cocky, but, like, I was still, like, better than a lot of it. Like, I was mm-hmm. one of the best in the school coming in as a freshman. That, mm-hmm. it, but, uh, like, like jiu-jitsu, I was the worst one walking in that fucking gym. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I could hide that. Like, Shut you up real quick. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, I just love being thrown into, like, a rear naked choke and doing everything you possibly can to try to get yourself out of it. Try to... Get the grip of the guy, but there's nothing. Mm. Like, and you, you have to just submit. You have to tap, and just mm. pretty much what you're saying when you tap is, you could kill me right now, or you could at least pass me out. Please don't, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> please don't finish what you're doing right have now. Have mercy, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, jujitsu and any martial art. Really, I took taekwondo when I was little. No shit. Yeah, man. and I'm always adamant about having little kids do the shit like that because a. If you're going to do anything competitive, like later on, flexibility, balance, and your uh, ability to know where your body is in space is the most important thing, for sure. sure, as a kid. Like, you don't need them weightlifting. You don't need them doing these stupid-ass, like, uh, uh, drills you see where they're running in trees or doing the... I hate Little League football so much. Why is that? I've got a passionate hate <laughs> about Little League football. I would not have expected that. I right? hate it so much because I see these coaches who aren't qualified to be teaching these kids doing these things, like right. having them run 10 in a straight line and just hitting each other. A, that's not football. That doesn't right. happen. So that's bullshit. And they're not teaching them how to tackle right. They're just Ooh. telling them to run at each other. And I see them just banging heads. And these are little kids who are still developing. Right. So right. you want to talk about shit setting on at each CTE and things like that in the NFL. A lot of that might have something to do with the fact that they're banging heads when they're like eight years old. Right, yeah. yeah. So that drives me absolutely crazy. Their skull has to be softer. There's no way they have like as hard well, as they're skull growing. Like they're have. developing. You exactly. develop until like in your 20s. So it's just, I hate it so much seeing these little kids just pounding away at each other. And maybe it's good for building camaraderie, getting out of your comfort zone, building friendships. But you can do that shit with baseball. Like, true, true. Little League football drives me crazy. And that might get a lot of flack from other people saying, oh, it's not that big a deal. You know, we're teaching them how to tackle. That's garbage. No, you're not. I'm seeing it. I coach these little kids out of uh, at SIU because we had to do some volunteer work. Uh-huh. That is straight up. That's a straight up lie. They are not teaching these kids how to tackle. They're just teaching them that the tough guy mentality. You know, you go, you get at it, you get hurt, you rub some dirt on it, you fucking deal with it, which is fine to a certain extent. But if you're dealing with a 
with a, like a nugget injury, with a cranium injury from right, hitting your right. head, that is not good. You don't want to rub dude, dirt on that shit. Up. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to anybody who's out there coaching Little League. That's, I mean, do what you got to do, but I completely disagree with it. My, my kids probably aren't going to play football. Really? Literally. If they want to play football, they're waiting until high school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's respectable. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is long-term, man. Like, like eight years old, like, you have so much life to live. Yeah. You know, you're not even a tenth of the way through your life. Like, you have yeah. so much life to live. I don't even think about it as in, like, long-term effects for eight-year-olds because when you're eight years old, you don't really know how to do anything right consistently. Right, right. So it's a matter of the rest of themselves getting hurt, too. Obviously, you're worried about their head injuries, which is, the, like, a huge issue. But they can't do anything right consistently. Kids throwing a ball consistently, you know, they throw into the dirt, they'll, you know, miss high. Which is fine, but when you're in football, if you do this, that's safe. If you do this, Ryan Shazier, Shay Leave, fucking was basically paralyzed for a while, couldn't move his legs. Who's this? Ryan Shazier for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, wow. Yeah, they were playing the Bengals, I think it was what it was. Or, so he, he said for a while he recovered? He's recovering. He said he's got, they got feeling in his legs. They're keeping it kind of quiet, keeping it kind of low key. They're saying he's probably going to walk pretty soon. They're even saying his dad was saying that he might play football again, which. We'll see about that. Yeah. But, yeah, he came with his head down, which is the number one thing you're not supposed to do, but it's the number one thing I see little kids doing all the fucking time. It drives me crazy, and it compresses your spine. Uh-huh. Yeah, and compressing your cervical spine right here, one of them is just going to pop, and you're going to be paralyzed. Ooh. Yeah. So, that drives me crazy. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But they're not doing it consistently. They're not up consistently. They're going to get tired, and they're going to drop their head. Like, even college players do it, because they get tired. Right. So, they're going to drop their head. Top of the nugget, compressed spine. Because that's how they teach you to tackle, right? They, like, like head first, kind of? Bite the ball. They're kind of getting away from that now. Uh-huh. But the whole idea was bite the ball, club up, bring your hips. But now they're teaching it. You want to go, like the Seahawks, they have this uh, thing where it's all shoulder. You keep your head away from the ball. If you're running this way, I'm going to tackle you with my left shoulder, and my head's going to be on your hip, and I'm going to roll. Okay, okay. So the idea of taking the head out of the tackle is kind of, kind of the thing right now. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the sport needs to kind of adapt a little bit. It definitely does. Yeah. I mean, who am I to say that? But it, it's yeah. tough. I mean, because the advancements in the protective equipment is what's keeping things. It's making things worse in a way. Like it's great that we're trying to prevent all these concussions and things like that. But if you've got a helmet and shoulder pads, where if I gave you shoulder pads that I wore in college, you could right. throw yourself into any of these walls and you'd be perfectly fine. No shit, sure, really. So why wouldn't you throw your whole body into somebody's? Somebody's dome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's yeah. not going to hurt you. You got these big ass pads on. That's why you see less injuries in rugby. Right. People are tackling smart. They're not just throwing their bodies around. Well, I I only played for a few practices. I never even like played in a real game. Mm. But I, I was going to play rugby before I transferred schools. And what they taught me how to tackle wasn't anything. Definitely not head first. Like you don't. I, I I don't know if you're taught in football to tackle to hurt somebody or like to really lay them out, but in rugby you're you're taught to tackle them and you almost just like hug them. Yeah, like you hug. You them just get them just, to the ground. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. In football, you it's not explicitly said to hurt someone, but in football you tackle like to bring the pain. Right. You tackle hard because if you don't tackle hard, they're going to be throwing their body into you. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get embarrassed. So you're taught to bring every ounce with you. Right. So that's basically what it is. Wow. So if you don't do it right, you're throwing your whole body into the top of your head, which isn't good for anybody. So. Wow. Yeah. Do you think so? Like, do you think you're gonna like pursue anything else, like like a new sport or something like that that you I, get into? I 
I play rec basketball. Hey. And that's kind of fun. I'm not good at basketball, but it's fun to play. Um, I bet you'd be good at rebounding. I, I don't know. That, I'm, that's, well, actually, that's the funny thing. I only rebound. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah the people I play with, I played a five-on-five with. Okay. Uh, it was like me, Bob Jordan, David Qua, uh, just messing around at the gym in Umsol, their rec. Uh-huh. And we played a pickup game with a bunch of people. You and, and Bob under the post, I bet. It was, <laughs> it was Bob and I, and we were on opposite teams at one point. And one of the dudes, I shot a three- and like true Tyler fashion, airballed the shit out of it. <laughs> and then he hit the backboard and caught the ball. He's like, "Hey, just just worry about rebounds. We'll worry about shooting." <laughs> and when they're saying that at a five-on-five wreck pickup game, yeah, really, you know you're bad at shooting. <laughs> so yeah, rebounding is my specialty. <laughs> shooting is one out of ten, maybe. Okay. So okay, that, but that ten is good though. That Very ten good. is a good one. It's. Right in. Just perfect switch. Yeah, perfect and then switch. I pretend like I could do it more often, but yeah, my shoulder hurts. You're walking away with a, what, what's this called, the three, oh, right here. three on your eye? I do right here. Okay. Hit it with LeBron, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One out of every ten, hit it with LeBron, though. You gotta feel Sully good about hard, it. Sully hard, frequently. Exactly. There you go. Mm-hmm. Can only. So do, you, do you think you'll stick with uh, that, or you think you'll get in anything new, or? I was gonna do rugby for a hot minute, but... You'd be good at rugby. I thought about it, because we have a... a an intramural team, I think is what it is, or a club team. We have a club okay. uh, rugby team. And one of my friends is actually on it, so he wanted me to come out and check it out. And it looked like fun, but one of the kids blew his knee out in the practice that I watched. And I'm a huge believer in seeing things that could possibly happen and like taking notes like, oh, okay, well, that's a sign. Damn. And that was the ultimate sign. I'm like, I'm not playing. No, fuck that. I'm not playing right. rugby. Yeah, that'll be me blowing Damn, my knee I, out I, next I week. Don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah, I told my friend, I'm like, listen. This looks like fun, but that kid just blew his knee out. So, <laughs> dude, I bet I bet he was kind of mad, like, like dude, does it happen that often? But it probably doesn't. But it happened when I was there. True, true. <laughs> Had it not happened, I'd probably play rugby, but I did not because that happened. Well, that's crazy that like something happened, like just one play affected the course of your life, and I don't know. That's just yeah, interesting I'm to think about. But watching a kid blow his knee out sucks. Yeah. So true. I'm not playing rugby after that. I don't blame you whatsoever. Yeah. It's a very fluid game. It's a cool game. It's cool to watch for sure. It's fun. It's fun to be there. Like. A live game to watch. It's like hockey. It's more fun to watch it live, obviously, than it is. Right, right. Hockey's like the most entertaining game to watch live. Oh, it's just it's it's wild. But wild, I can't wild. watch it on TV though. I just cannot. I, I get bored of watching it's so it on TV boring. too. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's so lame. And but I love watching it live. The environment, like you got to dress warm, regardless of the weather outside, because mm-hmm. it's gonna be cold in there. Yeah, and I like you know, dressing warm is like the most comfortable thing in the world. You throw on some sweats. I got. I bought this fifty-five dollar swishy ass like '80s windbreaker looking jacket that says blues on it, uh-huh. and it's just like the warmest thing in the world. Because it, so, it's comfortably cold in there. It is. Yeah, it's not brutal. It's perfect. Bare you wear long sleeves, you're good to go. It's a lot of fun. And I, I like hockey jerseys. They're kind of swaggy. They are though. I like if you rock a hoodie with it though, with the hoodie out. And oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're great. In basketball jerseys. I don't have a basketball jersey. I have an I NFL jersey. Those aren't as cool to rock consistently. Yeah. I have a James Harrison jersey, which I'm, I want to burn, but I'm not going to because I paid like 100 bucks for it, so I'm not going to burn it, but I want to. So, But yeah, I can't rock that consistently. But I could rock a, a Blues jersey pretty consistently. I feel like that's the same with soccer. Like like football and soccer. Like I'd, I'd wear a soccer jersey, but no, I'm not rocking that all the time. I, they're just a little tighter, right, soccer jersey? A little bit, I feel like yeah. they're uncomfortable to, to wear it a lot. I don't I like mean, tight I clothes. Like, yes, a larger size, personally. Yeah. I don't like wearing tight clothes, so wearing a soccer jersey would be kind of uncomfortable for me. True. Constricted. 
Yeah, I would. I pretty much only wore Under Armour to school every day. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this is what I wear to school every day. There you go. Sweats in my tie dye t shirt eh. and a hat. What kind of dog is that? Oh, uh, it's a black dog. It's a brand. I got this when I went to Boston with my. Uh, oh no, shit. that's a yeah, brand. Okay. Yeah, yeah it says it on the back. I'm pretty sure. Yep, yep. The black dog is established. Dog, yeah. What year was it? Established 1971. Hey, they sponsor this podcast, Black Dog. Thank you, Black Dog. Send me a free shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Send some moolah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's a brand that's like apparently only out on the East Coast because I got it when I went to Boston. Okay. Okay. And uh, it was just my dad got a hat. I got a shirt. That's so yeah, they told us like you got to get a shirt. You got to get something here that's Black Dog. So we did. So it's super common then. They're super common. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah, out here I don't see a ton of people wearing Black Dog unless they're from, like, you know, East Coast. Yeah, I've never they've been there. Before. Yeah, nor have I, but it's comfy. Shout out. It's, like, the biggest shirt I have, so I like wearing it whenever I can. There you go. Yeah. I have classes on Monday and Wednesday, so you catch me wearing the shirt two days in a row, but no one knows it. So I got different people in my yeah, class. <laughs> Dude, I totally play that card. I oh, hell yeah. All the time. Yeah. If I see someone I know that saw me yesterday, I'll throw a jacket on so I don't think I'm dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick, real quick. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not wearing the same thing. What are you talking about? Zip it up. <laughs> Call it a day. Bus laundry, too. Yeah, bus laundry. <laughs> Ugh. God. Was there, is there anything you want to talk about? Any topics you have in mind? Or okay, I, I pretty much went through every question. Any topics that I have in mind? I couldn't really think of any topics. I tried thinking about some. We kind of covered most of the stuff that if I wanted to talk about, we would. But right, yeah, we kind right. of hit on a lot of stuff. We even had Ronald McDonald. Yeah, we touched on clowns. I didn't think we were going to touch on clowns at all. <laughs> but there we go. So, yeah, I think we hit on most of the stuff that I wanted to hit on. Good deal. Good deal. Same here. Yeah. Well, you want to call us quits? Sure. Cool. Well, um, yeah, if you guys made it this far, I appreciate your time. I enjoyed this. This was fun. This was fun. You have any send offs? Uh, thank you for having me. Don't let your kids play Little League football. Oh, Yo, that's it. <laughs> it was a fun podcast. I liked it. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, we're out of here. Bye.